You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, it's Jeanne-Marie Penel, your host of the Art of Parenting podcast, back for a little series that I have put together I've taken a break from interviewing my guest. Uh, don't worry, they will be back. I have quite a few lined up for you. But today and for the next several episodes, I wanted to focus on some fundamentals to really be able to have a roadmap for our parenting, for parenting in today's modern world. There are a few pillars that I just want to kind of dive in a little deeper for you. And so I invite you to listen to this episode and those coming along. And this is also everything that I teach and mentor in my parenting school. The parenting school will be opening up in early September of 2022. So if you haven't gotten on the wait list yet, please do so. The link is in the show notes. I think you will enjoy this course that is not only a course, but also uh, group mentoring where I really listen to your personal issues that are going on and really give you my professional feedback and so forth. And what I've also really appreciated in the parenting school is all of the support and encouragement that we get from other parents. Because as I've always said, parenting was never meant to be done alone. And I'm here for you, but also other parents that are going through the same things are here to support you. So do uh, sign up for the wait list so you can be the first to know when the doors officially open. And for now, let's enjoy this episode. Thank you and take good care. Hey there, Jeanne-Marie Penel, back with another solo episode. And today I wanted to focus on your home, just the importance of your home environment for your child's well-being, but also for yours. You see, when we talk about preparing an environment, we have to remember that the first one is the prenatal environment that we've carried our child in. And then we have the birth environment. And then we welcome our child into their home, into your home. And here I just want to spend a little moment just focusing on how important that environment is for, for our well-being. Everybody's, right? So there are some other episodes that I will link in the show notes that 
talk specifically about the newborn environment. So I won't go too much into detail about what we call points of reference, right? Giving the child this sense of order and helping them establish routines and so forth into our home. But here I just want to talk about the home in general and why it is so important to give our children a sense of security, of well-being, and so forth. Because if you remember back in uh, two episodes ago, uh, what makes your child unique, so the first one, there's two of them, We I talked about some basic human needs, right? We talked about the importance of love and security, of movement, language, independence, firm and kind limits, and order. Well, all six of those basic human needs are first and foremost established in our home. So, you know, of course we give them this sense of love and security, but the home itself, if it is organized uh, well, and for me personally kept simple, and we kind of err on the minimalism, it really helps the child have this sense of security because they can make sense of their world. It's not too chaotic. There's not clutter everywhere. And they're able to make sense of it because this is their role. This is their their job in those first few years is to make sense of the world that they have been born into to really be able to adapt to their time, place, and culture. And it is the home, which is that first environment after, of course, prenatal and birth, that is going to help them establish that sense of security and love. And the the idea also of movement, this is where I always um, encourage parents, and, and this I do through my personal home audits, as well as through the parenting school, we talk a lot about this, is creating what I call a yes environment. Because yes, this is their home too, right? They are coming into what used to be just our environment, which was very adult-centered. But now we need to adapt it and tweak it a little bit to welcome them into their home. And I always uh, like to think of it as preparing our home when we're welcoming a guest, whether it's a long-lost friend that we haven't seen for a long time or a relative. We're going to take the time to uh, you know, especially if they're staying with us, we're going to make sure that the guest room is clean and that we've uh, changed sheets and maybe uh, get some flowers and maybe, you know, fix things. I know for me, uh, it's always, it always seems funny, but it's when we are, we decide to have a party and a lot of people over that things get done around the house, things that needed to be fixed, or maybe, um, you know, a new piece of furniture or something often gets, uh, you know, bought because we're having guest over. So think of it that way as you're welcoming this, you know, very, very special guest. The only difference here is that your child is going to be staying as a guest for quite some time. 
and, and that their needs are going to evolve and we're going to need to adapt this environment for their needs, right? So as I said, I do have an episode that is specific to uh, the newborn, and I think it's uh, it's never too early. Episode forty nine. I'll, I'll I'll link it in the show notes. But here I'm talking of the home in general, of how we can really create that yes environment. And when I say create a yes environment, I want you to think about the things that are in your home that you maybe don't want your child to touch or you know, break or that they might, that it might uh, bother you or trigger you and you might be always saying no, right? So look around. This is part of that observation piece that I, that I mentioned in episode 63. Look at the environment too. How is it, what is in the environment that might bother you that young children will touch or, you know, that are fragile. And here I invite you to either put them up higher so you can, if, you know, if it's a precious object that you still want to see, um, just put it up higher on a shelf, or you might choose to just put a few things away for, for a few years, because this is temporary. I just want you to remember that this is, this is just a transition, right? So this is how we start creating a yes environment is by observing our own environment and seeing what might uh, bother us that they touch or, or might just be dangerous too, right? So we're going to create and pay attention to that so that we can make sure that the environment is safe and that the child can freely move and freely explore in their own home. And that's what I mean about creating a yes environment. I'm more, I err more on this idea that they can move around their entire home and that it is free to, to move around. So if there are spaces or rooms that you just do not want them to go into, well, close the door, put a baby gate, whatever it is that is going to give you this peace of mind that you have prepared the environment so that you can say yes, right? That you can be in that that yes uh, momentum where you're not stressed out about, oh my gosh, what are they going to get into and so forth. You have prepared it yourself. So that's really that big aspect also of giving them that freedom of movement that is so important for them to develop. And here I really err on avoiding any type of contraption of containers and all of that, because we now know that all of those are just restrictive to movement. They do not encourage independence, which is something that we want to encourage in our homes. And why they don't is because these are all contraptions. And when I say contraptions, I'm talking about maybe uh, exercisers, those, those kind of, you know, playstations that we have to pick up a child and, and put them in and then they're kind of stuck there and and yes it look you know all the all the photos of them look very happy and, and, and engaged but they're not necessary right they can be on the floor with just a few toys and they will be just as happy but it is it does take preparation 
there are other ways also if you want to, you know, limit access to certain environment, maybe you can put up a baby gate to to a certain room and such. But again, this is going to take some time, some reflection, some observation on your part as to what is kind of triggering you getting in the way. And then the other thing about this is also as your child evolves, as your child wants to do things on their own more and more, well, we have to prepare those areas, right? That area of self-care, for example, or food preparation and such. And this, I really uh, want to help you create a place where they can do things independently more and more as they get older, right? We are creating Uh, We're putting things down on a low shelf where they have access to them. We can do this in the kitchen as well, right? We can dedicate a cupboard, for example, where they have easy access to maybe their plate, their, their cutleries. If they are participating in food preparation, well, we want to get some good quality child size tools. Uh, we want to have some uh, cleaning things available, whether it's a cloth, a sponge, a broom, a little mop, things like that, because children are so, so capable if we set the environment up for them to do things. And of course, if we take the time to show them how to do things, right? They want to be doing what they have been watching us do for a long time. And it is by preparing this environment that is going to be so important. Now, to go back also on this idea of simplifying and minimizing is that we know today, even for us adults, that clutter just is overwhelming, right? When we have uh, cluttered um, countertop or cluttered shelves or, or cluttered closets even, it's 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 kind of a stress-inducing thing. So being very conscientious of that, being very aware that this is going to affect uh, your child's behavior, just like it affects yours as well. And and I remember, you know, distinctively, I went, I did a, a home visit. And uh, this was a three-year-old who was about to go to a Montessori school and his nine-month-old sister and the parents had asked me to come because he was going to a Montessori school and they kind of wanted, you know, quote unquote, have a more Montessori type of, of home. And there's plenty of details that I could share. But one of them, which really uh, was very powerful, is I really remember walking into this little boy's room and there was just so much stuff. There were so many toys and there were uh, graphics on the walls and there was just a lot. And I, as an adult, was overwhelmed when I walked into that room. So I cannot imagine how a little person can feel, you know, being in that environment all the time. And I really encourage the parents to really, really simplify that room, to take a lot of things out, to to declutter. And it just, you know, it was just stuff that had just accumulated and there was really no order to it and, and such. And so we really took the time to declutter it, simplify it. And boy, oh boy, the the thing that was amazing is that his behavior 
really, really calm down because she had told me, oh my goodness, he's so active. He's bouncing off the walls, all of this. And to me, it was like, well, yeah, I would too if I, you know, walked into this room all the time and I spent a lot of time in here. So that's why I say, you know, simplify, minimize, because I think you will realize even for yourself and that when you have less things around, first of all, there's less to put away, there's less to clean up. And, you know, for me, the less toys also, we, we don't, children don't need that many toys. There's so many things that they can be doing in the home of things that we already have. So no need to, you know, to purchase new gadgets and so on and so forth when there's so much already in the home to be done. And also, you know, to me, it's so important to be spending time outside in nature and so forth. So in the home, you do not need that much. And also, if you know your child is already attending a daycare, a school, and things like that, they already have so many things that are stimulating them outside the home, that inside the home, it can be a lot more peaceful, simple, uh, and minimized. And I'll put some books that I like about minimalism also and children in the show notes. But, you know, it has been proven even in when we look at classrooms, for example, it's been proven that children who, you know, walk into classroom where, where there's just so many things on the walls and, and, you know, because teachers feel that they need to put everything out so that children will remember their numbers and ABCs and all this, which that's a conversation for another day is really not necessary. Well, when we take all that off the walls and we just have, you know, neutral colors and just beautiful, you know, simple, minimal artwork on the walls at the child's eye level, boy, oh boy, does it bring down kind of the chaos and and all of that for the children. So being really mindful of that, I really want you to be thinking for yourself, like what does, you know, when, when, when the house is a mess or, or there's, you know, toys everywhere, what is, what is it inducing you? And, and remember that the child is probably having the same reactions, if not 10, a hundredfold. So be okay with just getting rid of a lot of things, or at least getting rid of them in the immediacy. Like they don't all have to be out at the same time, right? That's the beauty of also kind of toy rotations where you can have just a few toys. And when I say just, I'm talking about, you know, maybe four or five activities uh, for one child is plenty, right? Because they will be a lot more engaged in those activities if they don't have this overwhelming feeling of what am I going to choose, right? They go into this kind of overwhelm because there's too much to choose from. And here again, when I talk about the home and toys, I like to really have them displayed on a low shelf or on the floor where we can have really each activity really isolated. So whether it is on a little tray or in a little basket, so that the child again has this sense of order and is able to know where things go and they can put them away 
easily. And this will really, really help with their um, sense of order and also with their behavior. I really encourage you to be looking at that um, for, for that. And also this will really enhance their need for independence and being able to put things away and you won't get into, you know, these cleanup battles when, when there's just too much, they, they, they get overwhelmed. There's just too much to, to put away and they don't want to do it. So this decreases tantrums and so forth. The other thing about the home that I really like to emphasize is to really try to set up a routine and a area where you can share meals together. This to me is really very important in having that sense of love and security in the home. When we can come together at least once a day um, would be ideal to be able to come together as a family, uh, have, you know, no distractions whatsoever, and to really be able to share a meal together and get in the habit of that as early as possible. Um, I remember for, for my family, I have two children, they're four years apart. And um, my husband, my daughter, and I would, you know, always have our meals together. And then my son was born. And I remember, you know, even as an infant, he was there with us, um, you know, next to us in his bassinet. Or, and lately I've seen uh, these beautiful photos on Instagram of um, babies as a centerpiece, right? Where, where the family meal is there and the baby is still just... Um, lying, not moving much. So they're just lying on their uh, tompentino on the, on the table and they're part of it, right? So that we can start that very early on. But I remember distinctively when my son was able to sit uh, on his own, we put him in his uh, trip trap chair, which I highly recommend. And he was there at the table with us. And I remember that feeling of, wow, this is, this is my family. It's complete. We're all four around the table. And that uh, really, we shared meals together until the day that they, they left. And, you know, to this day, we're, we're empty nesters now, but to this day, my husband and I at least try to share a meal at least once a day. Um, and to me, that that is very important and will, I think, really, really help you with behavior, especially as they get older, when there are things they need to share. And, um, and I know for me, you know, especially when they were teenagers, I think there were a lot of maybe issues at school that we were able to deal with because they knew that we would always have this moment together each and every day. So they were able to share uh, and we were able to talk things through. So again, this is in your home. I really encourage you to be able to have a dining room table. Um, in feng shui, we say that a round table is better, better for digestion. There's no angles to it. So a small round table where you can come and sit together uh, would be ideal. Even when your child is is young and just starting solid and maybe you're not having you know, the same food with them, to be able to sit with them while they're eating, uh, I think is, is you know, starting to have that foundation is very important. 
And uh, I think that's about all I wanted to really share about the home. I'll keep this short. There are some other episodes around Montessori and, and the points of reference that I was mentioning for the newborn that I will link in the show notes. But this is, again, one of the uh, topic and module that I go really a lot deeper with the parenting school, and I really he- help each individual family in organizing their home because all of our homes are different, right? Where some of us live in very small, you know, apartments, other in big homes where there's uh, lots of rooms and maybe there's even a dedicated playroom, but not everybody um, has access to that. And I just want to also remind you that if you are on social media and you or you you know google certain things there are some beautiful pristine lovely orderly environments but just know that that is just a photo right that is not always uh, the reality behind uh, closed doors and I want you to really own your own environment as long as you are preparing it with intention with love that you understand that putting things down at your child's eye level so that they can reach things independently, that is what is important. How you do it, you know, whether it's it's on a bookshelf that you already have uh, to be able to integrate it in your home, whatever the size is, that is what is important. And for me, it's that you are creating with intention this prepared environment for your child and meeting their needs at whatever age there are at. And again, this is all that I go into depth in the parenting school, or if I do um, my professional home audits, and you can, you know, I'll, I'll leave the link on the show notes, but these are where I'll spend, you know, an hour and a half with you going through what you already have in your home, how you have it organized, kind of, you know, we look at the bathroom and the kitchen and their bedroom and so on. So those are all different ideas that I hope you will consider and just enjoy creating a home for your family, for your child's need, and know that these are moments of transition. Their needs will change as they grow, especially those first three years, those first six years, and until they leave, and then you readjust the home again, and voila. So enjoy your home, and uh, I hope this show was uh, helpful to you. Let me know. Reach out. Let me know if you have any questions. Know that we do have a dedicated Facebook group if you want to come and ask any questions. And also a reminder that the parenting school will be opening soon. So get on the wait list to make sure to have all that information. Alrighty, take good care. Bye-bye for now. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child, or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. 
Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally, plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash TPS dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. To learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.